Welcome to Parent-Driven Development. Just a quick reminder before we move into the show, we love being able to provide you with this content and we want to continue to do so. We are on Patreon and would love your support. Most people give just $5 a month, which really helps us continue to do what we love and share it with all of you. We thank you for your support. Now, on to the show. I am Kay Wu, and today I'm here with my friend, Chris. My name is Chris, and I'm here with my friend and a former co-host of the show, Josh. I'm back, everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm Josh Pitts, and I'm here with my former friend. I'm just kidding. My current friend as well, Allison. Hello, I'm Allison, and welcome to today's show. So today, we're so excited to have Josh back with us. This is our third anniversary episode. We have been podcasting for such a long time. It's sort of amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And today we are, we're just sort of going to be taking a trip down memory lane, talking about some of our, our favorite moments or our favorite episodes. So does anyone want to start? I don't have one already sort of prepared and ready to go. It sticks out in your mind. I was thinking about this a little bit and I think One of my favorite episodes was 43, and that was where we had Nick Means on the show talking about managing parents on your team. Josh, I think you were part of that one too, right? I don't actually think I was there. I think you were there. I don't remember. This is so sad. I have to go check. (laughs) Oh, the website says you were. Whatever. I was? Oh, man. (laughs) You were on so many. Like, how can you remember, though? This is like, I had to ask my phone the other day how old I was. Yeah. Oops. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I really like that episode. Nick's a a wonderful human. And I really found it super valuable for me just because being an individual contributor, it's, it's really an interesting conversation for me to, you know, look at team dynamics with parents on the team and how you... Uh, accommodate them, how you work with them from a manager's perspective. I thought it was super refreshing for me and gave me a good new look at like, you know, team dynamics from that side of the table. Yeah. I'm trying to remember also when that one was, because usually you have a bit of space between when an episode is recorded and when it's released. And I feel like that was probably one of the last, I feel like we were still pretty early COVID also. So it was Oh, yeah. I don't know if it was even if we had even like hit COVID yet or, you know, because I think that also how how you manage parents, how you support parents on your team. I mean, that's been a huge topic of conversation for us this year and just really helping with all the things, realizing the additional strain. Yeah, that was a great episode. Okay, for the record, I do remember this episode now. I could go next. My favorite episode as I was looking back was, and this is for really selfish reasons, was episode 19. We recorded this in person at RubyConf in LA. And so like it's hitting all the nostalgia points for me. It was like, you know, it's it's starting to get cold now. It's like freezing here today in Wisconsin. This was in LA in November, which is like Wisconsin in August. We were physically like in a room recording, which is something we hardly ever do. And of course now would never do. And we had talked about just like adult stuff, like being an adult and balancing kids. And Jonan Scheffler was our guest. Jonan? 
Jonan. And he talked about, he at the time was a developer advocate with Heroku at the time and was talking a lot about traveling to different conferences and how they were not a vacation, <laughs> but it's hard to convince your spouse of that sometimes. <laughs> I was listening to it a little bit. It's like, it's from a different time. It's it's so pre-COVID. It's pre-everything. It's, pre it's so long ago. I was going to say, I would take some conference travel now. That would feel like a vacation. <laughs> like, I should listen to that episode and be like, oh, whining about travel. Right. <laughs> Uh, to be overwhelmed by too much, too much social interaction. Right. <laughs> and like, I've actually just got done being at RubyConf virtually. Allison, I know you were very, very busy with it. And it, some of, some of the highlights do hit in terms of balancing, you know, <laughs> the spouse and the kids. It's just balancing them in much more micro amounts because they're right next door versus you're traveling. So some of it still like rings true, but other, other parts of it are just a, a fun, a fun time capsule from like a, a forgotten time when we went places. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, I remember it was like, it was like, oh, we're, we're all going to be in the same place at the same, at the same time. We should, should we do something about that? We should probably do something right. about that. Should we like, is that possible? How do we? <laughs> we had no idea. We were so, we were still, we've done this like virtually from the beginning that the idea that we would actually go to a space was just, just nuts. And here we are thinking the same thing over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a really, a really fun episode. Also, there's something, I think that virtual podcast recording is, is great. And obviously it's what everybody's doing right now, but there's something really interesting about like recording in person. I wonder, yeah. you know, podcasters that I guess formerly like would meet every week or every two weeks in person to like record together versus, you know, this was sort of like the the one-off opportunity versus sort of like regular virtual podcasting. There's definitely a different, you know, it's like when folks talk about working remotely and like, you know, how can you still have those personal interactions when you work remotely? It's like, well, they're, they're possible, but they do, they do still feel different, right? Like you have right. to think about them sort of in different ways. And yeah. so I remember recording the podcast in person and also just being like, oh, this is interesting. We're like, we're next to each other. And like, it's, yeah. I just really remember like reaching for the mute button several times and like not knowing where to look. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, do I look at you? Do I look at you? Right. <laughs> Thinking about that one, I, it brings to mind for me that, you know, like no normally for most of these, I am in my home office, like same as with my remote job, like same with my headset that I use for work meetings. And so oftentimes it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily feel like I'm doing like this project that's going to go out there. Like I have many times as people have heard, more or less treated a lot of these episodes as like my personal parent parental support group meeting that like happens to be recorded and like stuff is done with it afterwards whereas that one that that was at that ruby conflict we came in and i, I assume it was mandy that had all, all the like very professional looking equipment set up and it was just like oh like yeah that, that's right we're doing this whole big endeavor rather than just uh, catching up with friends and like it happens to get sent out into the ether okay i have three but i will start with one <laughs> of course you do <laughs> I'll start with one though. Yeah. So the the first one that comes to mind for me is was episode eleven, super early, and it was about being a trans parent. 
And it was when we had Jess on who subsequently became a panelist and then stepped down for a little bit and then was a was a active panelist again for a little while. But this one to me, I learned so much from this episode. Like, I think it's an important topic to talk about. And I just remember, like, I remember the next day putting some of those suggestions and things that we talked about into action in terms of like how I, and I like still today sort of recall and remember that episode and think about like, you know, asking for pronouns on playgrounds and the way that when, you know, my kids talk about other kids, I'll be like, oh, do you know what their pronouns are? Or, you know, like those sorts of things. It just, it had such a, such an impact on, on, raising my awareness of the really small, like that I don't have to sit down with my young children and sort of have this like big conversation, but just the ways in which I can use language and everyday conversations and, and whatnot to be more inclusive of, you know, trans on binary, like all those different things that, that I think some of us as parents are still sort of looking for like, what's the right language here? How do I talk about this? How do I do this? I feel like that episode strongly and, and many of the other episodes we've done have really encouraged me to think ahead about things I want to do in my parenting and like things I want to conversations I want to have with my kids earlier than I might have started thinking about it otherwise. I think it's also interesting with our the mix of panelists that we have and have had with people that are at various slightly different stages throughout. And so getting the chance to talk to essentially some parenting mentors in a way, like people have been there and recently enough to have useful, relevant information. <laughs> so not the generation above me <laughs> just to say one thing but 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 yeah just to just to feel like I'm, I'm getting help a little bit ahead of time and not slightly behind where I would probably be if left to my own devices yeah I think along with you know just hearing about experiences that might come down the road for you as a parent getting kind of a heads up I also think that just like the sheer like empathy of this group and the podcast is something that I really have valued quite a bit just to hear other parents saying like, Oh yeah, that difficult thing that, you know, I just experienced. I remember that, or that was something that with my kids too. And here's how I dealt with it. Those sorts of like really empathetic moments, I think have really been special to me on this group for sure. Uh, I'll share another um, another episode and then I'll give someone else a turn before I share my third. In that same vein, one of my other favorites was, I think it was 26, which was about breastfeeding. And it was basically like Kebu, Mandy, and I just like ranting about breastfeeding <laughs> for like an hour. And it was just like... I remember, I still remember it feeling so good at the end of that episode to just like talk about all the like crap and the ridiculous things and the reasons why we did it or didn't do it, you know, like all of the, but it felt like just like the most amazing like rant session ever. Yeah, that was a definite example of, of like the, if we were to categorize like the different kinds of episodes we've done, that was like a, a clear Oh my God, you don't even, anyone else who hasn't gone through this, like, you don't even know. I was so <laughs> innocent back then before, you know, like, and now on the other side, oh, but like, I have so many different feelings about this topic and all at the same time. And it's a phenomenon that comes up for me so often with parenting that I'm like, 
okay, I need to like tap into that when I'm getting impatient or frustrated at a toddler meltdown of one kind or another of like, you know, he, he wants the blue cup and the orange cup at the same time, but like the, the they're, they're separate physical objects that cannot occupy the same space. And like this law of physics is really frustrating. <laughs> the end of the fact that his desire has been thwarted, you know, I'm like, okay, you know what? Like I'm there with you. I, I have recent examples where I have felt similarly as well. So it's so funny. A lot of these things where, I feel like the the more examples I collect in life, the more I just come down to my overall life conclusion that we are monkeys in the end, you know, and there's so many things where I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm a monkey and it's just deeply satisfying for my monkey brain to see that there are other monkeys out there and like, I am not alone. You are not alone. It's funny because like, otherwise my personality is very geared towards, well, like what practically has changed or like, what is the physical effect or whatever else have you had, but talking about things does in fact make a difference emotionally. And feelings are important. We have several books on this topic. Several illustrated books, yes. <laughs> I can go with one that I was looking at from, from around that similar era as well. The one that we did with Leah about the Babies at Work program that they that they had there, that I just thought was so fun and interesting because I had read about, she had written a blog post, I think, like about that. And that was, I remember thinking going to that episode, like, oh my goodness, like, it's so cool that we have this podcast as a venue to be able to talk to someone, to ask them in depth about something that I was already curious about anyway, and to just hear even more added on to what, what I was able to previously read on the internet by myself or in some way so it was just and to be able to ask questions and just hear more about it and then you know I, I still think the idea is super cool and and to talk about like situations in which it, it would or would not work as well I like that that we were able to help amplify hopefully the idea that there are different models that you can consider for the workplace yeah I mean I think that that's been when I guess interesting aspect about a number of sort of podcast episodes is just like the things that we can amplify, the ways in which we can talk about different approaches to things. I feel like that's been, I feel like that's been really great and hopefully helpful and interesting to others. I can also add one. I was just remembering episode 39. We talked with Richard Schneeman about gender equity and parenting roles. And he relayed a book that he had read called All the Rage, Mothers, Fathers, and the Myth of Equal Parenting, which I found really, really interesting. He brought up a lot of great points for discussion and stuff I still think about from time to time. It's a really great book if if anybody hasn't had a chance to read it. Otherwise, just go listen to the episode. It was fantastic. I still I still think about some of the points he brought up about the assumptions we make in gender roles between men and women in parenting, not only just our own kids, but other kids and other you know family units as well. Yeah, well, and it's sort of interesting. I mean, we had a more recent episode with Brandon Hayes who talked about how COVID and sort of being at home and whatnot like really shifted his perspective on, you know, on his parenting role and whatnot. And so that definitely, it sort of relates to what the book and what, what Rich talked about as well, just in terms of who does what and how that breaks down. And yeah. I thought it was really neat. Also, none of us were on that episode, it looks like, but we did have the author of that book join the show as well on episode 48, Darcy Lockman, the author of All the Rage. 
That's a really interesting episode. Oh, very cool. I also have another, it's a really silly recommendation. It's one of my favorite episodes just for the genius and fail moment. Like I feel like you could just put together a super cut of genius and fails, but the one I remember the most, and I, I legit think about this like maybe once a month. It was episode 34. We had Barrett Clark on to talk about back to school, <laughs> back to school <laughs> and extracurricular activities for kids. And Allison's genius and fail was your son had mentioned a type of bread to you and he said it was called Sukana bread and he was adamant that this was a bread that he had at I think nursery school and he he, he was demanding that you make it and I remember this caused like an internet scavenger hunt among all the guests to find out what bread this was I think it was just it was just Bobka like at the end right yeah I believe in the end it was just Bobka <laughs> But that came up early and it was rejected by Devin. Yeah, I had suggested it early to Devin. He was like, no, that's not what it is. I still think about that. Like from time to time, like, what was that crazy bread that Allison's? Oh yeah, it was my bread. But like (laughs) the idea that there was this bread out there that no one had, none of us had heard of. I don't know why that is stuck in my head. Maybe that's because carbs are my comfort food during COVID. But I legit think about that like once a month now. I mean, also, like, now that Devin is older, part of me thinks, like, he oftentimes just, like, makes things up and says them very, very (laughs) confidently, like, confidently enough that, like, multiple, I mean, like, preschool, like, beyond that moment, like, preschool teachers, like, like, just people have been like, oh, yeah, he mentioned this like this thing and I'm like oh like Hebrew words for things that are not actually words <laughs> and so part of me you know and they're like oh yeah he taught us blah 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 today and I'm like that's not true like that's not what it is so part of me you know now now that I know my child even better and even more than I did at that point part of me is like maybe he was literally just trolling like maybe he just said something with enough confidence that i <laughs> believed it and went on this whole scavenger hunt to figure out what it was and at some point he was like oh yeah i'm done with this joke i'll just say yes it's bobka we all went there we <laughs> all went there looking for this magical bread he has trolled all of us success <laughs> the last episode that i'll mention is i think it was 20 which was about fertility struggles with adam cuppy And that one, you know, I think fertility struggles are something that affect a lot of people and there aren't often really good avenues to talk about it. Like it's it's not really, I don't feel like it's talked about enough. I feel like as you get to know people, like sometimes it's shared, but especially the perspective in that episode where Adam talked about all of these like tests and procedures and all of these things that his wife went through. And then eventually they like did some tests on him. And I think it's like a really important topic to talk about because it's not talked about enough and openly enough, but then also that perspective, like basically the the male partner perspective on that is something that I frequently still think about and just thought it was like a really important episode to to have to address it because it is again it's like it's also such an emotional topic but then also the really interesting sort of male perspective of it any final ones i did just want to in terms of greatest hits genius that other people have shared (laughs) josh was it were were you the one that that the 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 luggage of like pre-selected souvenir gifts that was me that one i just like i mean even now still the brilliance of it 
blows my mind. It might be a little harder to pull off without anybody actually traveling anywhere right now. <laughs> I think I, I think I vaguely remember this, but for the sake of the episode, can you give us the the short version of of your idea? Yeah, you should describe it for yourself. Oh, okay. Okay. So back when people were traveling places, when I would go on a trip, I used to go to New York a lot. I worked for a, a company based in New York and I go to New York and my daughter was super into Pokemon at the time. So I'd go to the Nintendo store in New York and get her something and get me something. And it started to be, she just expected Pokemon things to appear whenever I went on a trip anywhere. And it didn't matter if I was going to like, you know, Poughkeepsie or something that you know any of the other thousand places that don't have a Nintendo store. She was expecting Pokemon. She was just expecting something when I traveled. I kind of backed myself into a quarter by making this a part of our travel routine. So I kept forgetting to get stuff or I'd be someplace that didn't have any like cool shopping like places to go. I ran out of time. So instead, what I started doing was I would order something little on Amazon and have it sent to my house and it would like show up either while I was gone or before I left. And then when I got home at night, I would take it out of the Amazon packaging and put it into my luggage and then just leave <laughs> my luggage there by the doorstep. So when she woke up in the morning, she could open my luggage like, look what you got me. Total cheat, total time saver, beats crappy gifts from from the airport gift shop. Amazing. I love that idea. <laughs> now you'd be busted though, because it's going to be like, where did uh, the object come from? Yeah, fair. I will say, while we're talking about Josh genius and fail moments, one of my, I think, most favorite ever fails also comes from Josh, which was when I can't remember what episode you mentioned it in, but it was after you had moved a couple of times or a small handful of times, and you were still text subscribed to your <laughs> child's previous school and so you received a text message that there was a snow day but your child went to school the next day and everybody asked where she was and it turns out that you had been reading the text notifications from the previous yes. school district that was still one of my favorites ever <laughs> The school districts will tell you how to enroll in their text programs, but they never tell you how to unenroll and they don't, you'll just get a text message. It doesn't say like, this is such and such school because they don't expect people to move five times, you know, in five years. So yeah. Well, and I feel like now that Devin started public school this year, so I feel like now that I have a child in public school and I'm getting the texts and the, like, even in this time, like getting, even though it's virtual, like getting still like the inundation of like texts and emails and whatnot, like I have like a new appreciation for that fail as well. <laughs> Oh, you're, you're your child's press secretary. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, that was a good time. I had so much explaining to do to the office because they were so confused too. Like now, was she sick? You went somewhere? No, there was snow. What happened now? Like, no, I'm just stupid. Speaking of genius and fails, can move to that portion of the show. So, so this is the portion of the show where we talk about our genius or fail moment, something that's happened in the last week or two that has felt really fantastic and like a really amazing genius or, you know, not so great. Just a, a fail thing. I can start. I have a fail. So at the time of this recording, it's Hanukkah and Hanukkah is eight nights of presents. It's so like every night is not a big present. Like you give socks and pencils and I don't know all sorts of stuff anyway so the first night of Hanukkah Devin opened up two presents and it just so happened that both of the presents that he picked were not toys they were both utilitarian presents and I tried to nudge him in a different direction once he <laughs> picked one I tried to be like oh what about this one or what about this one and no he wanted to open those two and I was like okay anyway 
So he opened the two, which were which were nice gifts. It's a new winter coat and a new bike helmet because he had grown out of both previous winter coat and bike helmet. And he proceeded to have maybe one of the worst meltdowns that we have ever seen in our entire lives. And it just makes me question literally everything that I've ever done as a parent and been like, who is this spoiled child like we my husband and I sat down that evening and we we legitimately considered if we should just take away the rest of his Hanukkah presents and we pulled back that was we decided that was a strong stance and that we were overreacting just a little bit and so we we decided not to do that but we talked to him about you know like being grateful for presents and you know there's a variety of stuff you get for Hanukkah etc etc but it felt like a total fail and it totally felt like one of those moments where I was like wow obviously everything that I've done as a parent has been completely wrong to raise this monster of a child who has this sort of meltdown when he doesn't like open something that is a toy the first night of Hanukkah so fail 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 I can go next. It is also almost Christmas as we record this, and the holidays bring such a special time and opportunity for failure for everyone, really, every parent. I think last time we recorded something around the holidays, I talked about the ongoing saga of, does my daughter believe in Santa Claus? Does she not? She (laughs) is now 13 years old. So look, if she was physically in school, I feel like all the other kids would have done my work for me. Like she still believes in Santa Claus, but that's not happening. There's no time on Zoom chats for busting like, you know, imaginary gift givers. So she, but, but she's starting to suspect. So I, as I was putting up the decorations this year, I made a firm stand that my arch nemesis, that bleeping elf (laughs) on a shelf was not coming this year. I had a whole story about quarantining and COVID and couldn't make it. Just we're not, we're elf on the shelf's not in our bubble, right? So she can't come in. So our daughter started asking us some questions, but the questions were much different this year. They were more like, Santa's not real, is he? And before I could say anything, really, this is my husband's failure. He jumps in, he's like, I don't know, is he? And he starts asking these like really leading questions. And later on, I, I sat him down, I was like, you know, We're basically gaslighting our daughter. Like she's starting to think it's not real. And we said we weren't going to lie to her. And he's like, well, I didn't lie to her. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you like did the very legal definition of, and then, and then of all years. So I always move the stupid elf on a shelf. Oh, it drives me nuts. This year he decides he's going to get in on the action and he's going to start moving it. So he rescued, I had banished that thing to the far end of the closet. He went, got it. He's typing notes now every night. I'm like, what are you doing? And his rationale is, look, she's been doing schooling from home. We've been bubbling in our own little bubble very, very hard. We never go out. We never go anywhere. It's a tough year. He doesn't want to like destroy the magic this year. I get it. On the other hand, man, it just feels really bad. So we have kicked the tinsel, kicked the stocking down the road another year. The magic continues. (laughs) Inexplicably. I'll go next. Uh, I had a really bad fail this morning, maybe, but then I had a really good genius moment. Uh, I don't know. Is there a vote? Like, should we go with the genius or the fail? Go both. Go both. Go both. Okay. Well, I guess the genius one is pretty quick. So years ago, my spouse convinced me that we should get like this. We were were selecting a new bed for my son and we got him like this 
basically a cabin bed. Like this is just it's just this house basically with a roof and everything like that with an enclosed bed frame and all that. And he loves it. He thinks it's great. It's like his own little personal cabin thing. And the genius moment is that we thought, man, it'd be really fun if we for the holidays hung up Christmas lights on his little cabin bed and he absolutely loves them. And I guess the fail is also that he stays up all night with them on, but whatever. Yeah, it was a really good moment. But I also have a big fail moment that I feel like is is good to share. I don't even know if it's a fail moment because it feels, I guess it's very normal, but like it shook me this morning. My son goes to preschool and he always really loves going to preschool. He, he t- takes to it really well. This is big social interaction that he gets right now. And this morning, he just for some reason did not want to go whatsoever. Like he absolutely refused to go like kicking, screaming, hitting, like it was 45 minutes, like 20 minutes late to school, like absolute painful chaos. And it absolutely shook me like, oh my God, am I doing something wrong? Is something going on at school? We don't think so. We literally just had little parent conferences where like everything was great. And like, so we don't think there's any like negative thing happening that's not wanting him to go and stuff. And we, I don't know, we still haven't really gotten to the bottom of it. And I guess it's maybe not a fail on our part. I don't think after talking with endless people, you know, all morning, I've been talking, <laughs> we have like a parenting channel. It's Slack at work. And I would like presented the story and was like, help me like, what did I do? I don't know. I guess it's not, it's not really a fail, but it's definitely a story that I can't get out of my head at the exact moment. So I thought I'd share it. I love those situations where you're like, I'm just going to think about this nonstop and ask as many people as possible if they think anything's wrong so that it can either confirm or deny anything yes. that I'm thinking in my mind. And then like, and then I will continue thinking about it to see if I actually <laughs> believe those people or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what it is, right? I mean, there's no, there's no end of it. It is. Yeah. You know, you know, other parents, other kids have had the situation for sure. You've probably seen them roll up to school and they're like, you know, clawing out of the car. Yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot. I didn't even, I missed that detail too. The funny, not funny. It's not funny. It is kind of funny. The other thing is when we were struggling to like get him out of the car at school and we actually got him there, there was another child probably in his class that was also like 20 minutes late to school that also was like super nervous, did not want to go into school. So I was like, oh, oh, this is the thing that happens that is not. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's good that you thought that and you weren't like, I, I shouldn't even put this thought in your head, but you were like, what is that teacher doing to these kids? Oh, yeah. No. We, she has a really great teacher, thankfully, which is another thing that may be even more confusing. It's like now that the school experience I know is really positive and good right now, I'm pretty sure. So I, I have no idea what's going on. I do feel like that's like a, a pretty universal thing that, that you will go through even several times within the your own experience as a parent for the same child. And then if you have multiple children, et cetera, but just the, the questioning of like, am I the only person in the entire history of humanity that is like raising a sociopath? Like, am I? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've spent time sitting on the sidewalk outside of preschool, just in the middle of the sidewalk outside of preschool son you know my son and I facing each other sometimes sitting on my lap and then like watching the thing that I appreciate though is like as parents classmates of his sort of went in that sympathetic like <laughs> oh yeah we've had those mornings look you know and I, I'll just I'll be like tell the teacher we'll be in sooner or something like we'll be in sooner or later <laughs> I've I've literally googled signs you're a bad parent like after dropping my daughter off like do, how many Oh, good. Seven out of 30. We're good. Like, <laughs> I have a fail, 
which is that we had a, a pretty big snowstorm, the first one of the of this winter, to hit in our area of New Jersey. And it's like, it's gorgeous, beautiful, fluffy, white snow. We got seven or eight inches overnight or something. And you know, wanted to take my son out to, to play. It ended up being fine. Like he, he we actually have like a, a small shovel for him, toddler sized shovel. So he was like he was like helping move snow around anyway. So we were moving snow from one direction to another. So it, it was very <laughs> sweet in the end. And thanks to at least one, if not both grandmas, he was like sufficiently attired like with layers, vests and coat. But I pulled out like the snow boots that we had been given at some point and they are two and a half sizes too small. <laughs> I just like oh. pulled them out and was like, oh, I just we live in a state that like regularly like you you can expect some decent snow at some point in the winter. And I just like forgot that snow gear would need updating. Like I need to get the right size for this year. The mom's group in town someone did post some snow pants that they're looking to offload so at least be like a little bit better covered on the bottom but like we're gonna have to rotate between like the two pairs of sneakers that he has in the meantime and yeah I just was like oh I forgot about winter and that kids grow (laughs) I was gonna say that's like the most humorous part of the first like the first day it's really hot. The first snowstorm is like all of a sudden the like local parents <laughs> listserv like blows up with everybody like basically changing. Like sometimes I feel like we should all like go to a big park and just like throw it all in a pile because everybody's like, I have that this for like who wants this? I'm looking for this. Yeah. It's like a it's it basically is like a like a big flea market or shook or something at that point, you know? And it always happens either like once the first snow like hits or like within the 24 hours before yeah. when it's predicted, like it's like we all remember <laughs> yes. that like children need these clothes and they are probably a different size than the last time that they needed these things. <laughs> we we're about to get our first like sizable snow and we just went through that. I was like, wait, do you, if my daughter's a little older now, so I'm, I'm she is growing, <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, maybe we could go between you. No, no, the, the shoes, no. And I was like, do these still fit you? They look like they might fit you. And she's like, Dad, there's no way those fit me. <laughs> like, oh. and it's always right before that first snow or during that first snow. I don't think we necessarily need like an actual kid clothing subscription service, although I can definitely see the the value that those add. But I, I, I just need like a reminder of like, Ooh, oh, right, no like your child is this age paired and you live in a place <laughs> that does have seasons. So it's just like, do you have like here's here's our planned capsule <laughs> yeah. wardrobe like do you have at least these minimum basics are you covered because i mean that's that's like a big problem when i i've been as i pack away stuff for my for my older it's like to use for my younger of like i needed to resort my categorization system because it was like not just size but seasonality and function as well at the same time it's just it's a tough modeling problem yeah and your local stores don't have anything <laughs> I'm sure your local store has nothing resembling like winter wear at this point that, you know I feel like for the first like two years of my child's life like I could basically sign up for a number of like subscript like Lucy's list or like other places that would eat like you know when they hit like 18 or 20 months it would be like your child is now 20 months old have you thought about potty training here are the different ways to do it here's the materials that you need here's you know blah blah, blah. and it's like you know but there's 
that same remind like I don't get a reminder in November that like it might be getting cold and I should probably like think about like the next size of winter clothes, you know. <laughs> like, also, once they're like six or seven, I like most of the services are just like, well, you can't be at this far. Like, we're good luck. <laughs> Legally, we don't want to be responsible for anything with older. They kids. can talk directly to to you now to remind you of your failures as a parent. So, oh, is that what's supposed to happen? Oh. Uh, to make you feel better, Kay, we go through the same thing, but it's not just with boots. It's, <laughs> this is really, this is a fail. It's with underwear and bras, like basic, pe- like socks. We went to go get a new pair of boots and I was like, oh, hey, don't forget to wear some socks so we can try them on in the store because shoes are the one thing at our completely, okay, full disclosure, we went on like a Wednesday night. There were like two other people in the Target and I'm like, we're going to get in, we're going to get out, we're not talking to anyone, let's go. No judging. It's fine. You got to do what you got to do. So we get in there. I'm like, okay, be sure you wear some socks. And she's like, I don't have any socks. Like, you, don't, you don't own a single pair of socks? She's like, no. I'm like, well, what about these? Like, she showed me. She brought out some socks that for like when she was like six years old. Yeah. It never stops. We need the service to tell us when they're out of stock. Oh, style. my God. Constantly with the growing. Thanks so much for listening to the Parent Driven Development Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. If you have questions that you'd like us to chat about on air, email us at panel at parentdrivendevelopment.com or find us on Twitter at parentdrivendev. And if you like what you hear, please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash parentdrivendev or rate us on iTunes. Mm-hmm.